Dear friends in Christ, when I was a boy, my Christmas list included items like Etch-a-Sketch or X-ray goggles, G.I. Joe, Duncan Yo-Yo, Schwinn bicycle, a cowboy hat and cowboy boots, a toy six-shooter with a holster and a roll of caps, and of course, Slinky, Slinky, everyone loves a Slinky. Today, however, my Christmas list would appear much different, and not only because of my age, but because of my experiences, especially the problems and hardships and heartaches. Don't misunderstand. There's a part of me that would still enjoy trying to outdraw Marshall Dillon on Gunsmoke with a toy six-shooter, and there's a part of me that would like to launch a slinky down a long flight of stairs. But still, as I've aged, some gifts have become more important to me than others. And now when I'm asked, what do you want for Christmas? I'm apt to say something like, "Uh, how about peace and joy and a sense of well-being? The problem is that peace and joy and well-being are not for sale at Festival Foods or at Kohl's or at Target or at Macy's. In fact, the most important gifts in life cannot be purchased with cash or major credit cards at shopping malls or through online retailers. Even with unlimited credit and a mountain of money, we simply can't buy true love true happiness. We can't buy forgiveness and eternal life, and we can't buy peace and joy and a sense of well-being. And yet, these are the very gifts that God offers us freely and undeservedly in His Son, Jesus Christ. In a real sense, Christmas gifts, because they came to us with the coming of Christ that first Christmas. Remember the words of the Christmas angel, There is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, born to you and not bought by you. According to the National Federation of Retailers, Americans will spend upwards of $218 billion on Christmas in 2020. $218 billion. And yet for all the searching and the shopping and all the agonizing over that just perfect gift, on average, 40% of gifts will be returned or exchanged. And by the same time next year, many of the other gifts will be forgotten or broken or discarded. But by contrast, the gifts that God gives us in our Savior, Jesus Christ, are as lasting and priceless as He is. And the greatest of those gifts is the Son of God Himself, of whom the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 15, Thanks be to God, he said, for His indescribable gift. And that indescribable gift is none other than Jesus. And so today, as well as my next chapel talk before Christmas break, I'd like to focus on gifts beneath God's tree. And you can think of this tree as a Christmas tree, if the Christmas tree symbolizes the birth and coming of Jesus Christ. But just remember that all too soon, that Christmas tree shed its green nettles and lost its fresh pine scent 
and became the old rugged cross where our Savior suffered and died to atone for our sins. In Romans chapter 15, verses 4 through 13, the Apostle Paul lists several gifts that are ours in Jesus Christ. And among them, he includes endurance, encouragement, unity, hope, joy, and peace. Regrettably, we don't have time to discuss all these gifts. However, today, let's just open one. Let's open the gift of endurance and see what's inside. Because Paul mentions this gift twice in Romans 15, 4 through 13. He says in verse 4, So that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. And then he says in verse 5, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement. So what is endurance, anyway? When we hear that word endurance, we almost immediately think of physical endurance. That is, strength and stamina, tenacity, stick-to-itiveness, maybe a long-distance runner who finally crosses the finish line, or maybe a boxer who has fought 15 grueling rounds, is tired and bloody, but still standing at the final bell. But there are other adversities in life that also require perseverance. What kind of other adversities? Well, perhaps financial troubles, perhaps depression, perhaps feeling worthless, perhaps the loss of a loved one. The Greek word for endurance that Paul used in Romans 15 has the sense of remaining under. In other words, to have the ability to remain firm, to stand under heavy burdens or difficult circumstances without giving up and without giving in. Paul illustrated this in his letter to the Thessalonians. This is what he said. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. And the writer to Hebrews compared the Christian life to a long-distance race in which great strength and stamina are required. And this is what he said. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. I wonder... How many of us here today need endurance? How many of us need strength and stamina for some problem to hold on when we feel that we have every other reason just to let go and to walk away and to give up? To give up on what? To give up on prayer? To give up on seeking peace and joy and happiness? Or in our darkest hours, perhaps, feeling that we should give up on God. Well, why bother? Who cares? What difference does it make? Why shouldn't we give up? I'll tell you why. Because giving up on God may be the human way, and for some, giving up on God may be the expected way, but giving up on God is not the scriptural way. And hear God's own words on this matter. God says in Hebrews 10.35, So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. You need to persevere. How do we do that? 
Where does endurance and perseverance come from? That's the real question. And if endurance cannot be found on store shelves or ordered online or bought at any cost with cash or checks or credit cards, how do we obtain it? How frustrating it would be for all of us if in the middle of a problem God came and said, you need to persevere. But he didn't tell us how to persevere. But he does tell us. In fact, he tells us so many times and in so many places that the Apostle Paul would write in Romans 15 of Scripture, everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. So what does the Bible then tell us about finding this perseverance? Well, first of all, if you're looking for perseverance, if you're looking to endure, the Bible says the source is God. Paul wrote in Romans 15, verse 5, God is the God who gives endurance and encouragement. You see, it's not our strength that matters. It's God's strength. And it's not that our two hands are holding on for dear life, but it's that God is holding us in his two hands. That's what Jesus meant in John 10 when he said, no one can snatch them out of my hand. Well, doesn't that reality give you endurance? Can't you say because of that, do your best, disease, try your hardest, heartache, but you can't snatch me out of the hand of God. And that's what gives us endurance. And second, God is not only the source of endurance, God wants us to have it. And if he wants us to have endurance, surely he will give it. Again, Paul wrote in Romans 15, may the God who gives endurance. It's not only that he has it, but he gives it. And he wants you to have it as well. And so if you're hurting today, and if you feel like giving up and letting go, and you want to raise that white flag of surrender, don't do it. Instead, turn to God and ask him for endurance, and he will surely give it. That's not my promise. That's his. And if you're wondering what endurance sounds like, listen to this. This is from Paul's letter to the Corinthians, the second letter. Dying, and yet we live on. Beaten, and yet not killed. Sorrowful, and yet always rejoicing. Poor, yet making many rich, having nothing and yet possessing everything. And third, and finally, Scripture tells us that God gives us this endurance that we want through his holy word. Again, Paul wrote, everything that was written was written in the past to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Everything written in the Bible is intended to teach us, to admonish us, to encourage us, to give us hope and endurance. Because in it, you'll read about men like Abraham, Joseph, Job, David, men who faced such insurmountable odds, and yet they persevered because they trusted God. And you and I persevere in the same way. And in that same word, you'll read about the faithfulness of God, the God who promises that no matter what you're going through, he will not allow you to be tempted more than you can bear. You'll also read that sometimes 
God allows us to go through difficulties and problems just so that we can develop the spiritual strength and stamina that we so desperately need. And most of all, in the Word of God, you read about the God who loved us enough to be born in a barn and to die on a cross to redeem us from our sins. And that's what Christmas is all about. That's the means to true and lasting endurance. And that's the gift that is waiting for you beneath God's tree. Amen. Our hymn is number 97, 97, verses 1 and 3.